Well, hello there again. It's great to be with you. And I have an incredible special guest tonight. The story of her journey is remarkable. And her name is Linda Coburn, and she lives in a suburb outside of Philadelphia. And so I love technology so that we can be together. She is an English teacher, a writer. She has an adult autistic son, and she has been in a journey where she was the longtime caregiver of her husband who passed away and she's going to tell us all about those things and your her story is just going to just impact you in such a powerful way and the first thing is Linda thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your story uh, I so appreciate you making the time for us to have this conversation well thank you Donna it's a pleasure to be here and I certainly think that this is a story that I hope will encourage others, particularly those who are in the process of grief, or who might find uh, that they are grieving differently than might be the societal norms. And I'd just like to assure them that God understands our grief and provides ways for even those who are neurodiverse to find a way to um, accept loss and find, find comfort in that, as my son did. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I know that that's a, an incredible, large part of your personal stories, helping him navigate that. So I know you're going to elaborate on that. But one of the things I love to do is because people can sometimes feel like, well, she's not like me. She, she lives in a different place. She has a different kind of life. So I love to find out what's your everyday life kind of like, Linda? What, what is that for you? Well, on a, on a typical school day, um, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning so mm -hmm. that I can have a little bit of devotional time with the Lord. And then I'm at the train station at 615 to catch the train into the city. I teach in an urban high school and um, I have a, a peculiar eye condition called Curtitaconus. I see double images of things. So I try mm -hmm. to avoid driving into the city if I possibly can. <laughs> so I prefer to take the train, even though it takes a little bit longer to get there. Uh, I'm generally at school until about 3.30 when I take the train home. I teach English as a second language to foreign-born mm -hmm. students. So my, my room is sort of like uh, the United Nations of the school because we have got all different languages going on there. <laughs> And then when I get home from school, usually around 4.30 or so, uh, you know, I check in with my son, see what he's been doing up to the day, see what things might need to be done around the house, and then you know, make dinner, try to spend some time with him in the evening. So, uh, And try to get in some writing time if I've got any energy left at all. But <laughs> 5 o'clock is a pretty early call time, so uh, a, a lot of my writing and other activities need to be done on the weekend or summer which is like you know, a teacher's paradise is summer. So, and it's coming yes. very quickly now. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So see, everybody, she's just like you. She has to get up, get dressed, get ready for the day, go work her day, come home and cook and clean and take care of life. So she's just like all the rest of us. So Linda, we met through a Facebook group and yes. I've so enjoyed being part of your journey and how you've been such an encouragement to so many people. But, you know, our broadcast is designed to support women who have had some sort of life altering loss. Right. And so that could be 
any number of things. It right. could be divorce, it could be death, it could be the loss of relationships, it mm -hmm. could be the loss of a job, it could be anything. But for your particular circumstance, your loss was your husband, but that didn't happen quickly. So I just want to open up this time for you to just tell your story and just to tell us about you and your story and how all of that evolved. Thank you, Donna. Uh, my husband was injured in a car accident um, in the year 2000, March 1st of 2000. And we suspected that he would recover because the doctor said he would. But mm. one thing led to another, led to another, led to another. And so it was a 19-year journey of oh trying goodness. to find help for him as he suffered 36 hospitalizations, more than 25 very serious surgeries, and finally ended up home on hospice care for uh, a little over a year. And oh during that time, I was not only his caregiver, but raising our three children almost as a single mother and wow. trying to support us and find a way to stretch the budget so that we could cover the medical bills and sure. cover the surgeries and the medications and the things that Ron needed to have. So it was a very long journey. And it was also a, a journey of anticipatory grief, which mm -hmm. is a term that I only became familiar with after Ron passed away because mm -hmm. I lost a piece of my husband a little bit at a time. It was not a sudden loss. It was a loss of him every time yeah. he could no longer fill the gas in the car or yeah. uh, mow the grass or uh, help me hang ornaments on the tree or work or pay a bill. And every loss was something that I felt deeply and grieved yes. each loss. So 19 years and a lot of mini losses along yeah. the way and trying to find a way to keep our family intact at the same time. Um, as my kids grew, it was easy to think that they might wander off because of the situation <laughs> they were in. But my two older kids, they, they stayed very close and continued to be part of their dad's life, as did my youngest son, who is my autistic son. And so we managed to still have a family life. So along wow. with recovering from my own grief, after Ron passed away last July, my son Alan was not able to accept that his dad was gone for good. And wow. he honestly believed on it, that if he had enough faith, that if he prayed enough, that if he tried hard enough, that God would bring his dad back, much as Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He wow. honestly thought that would happen. And wow. so the process became trying to help Alan uh, come to the realization and the belief that his dad was in heaven while I was trying to grapple with my own loss, final loss of my husband. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And I just can't even... Imagine how that must have been for you to, to face those questions and those as you're as you're just working through your own heartache mm -hmm. and trying to continue to keep a family going and to take care of all of those things and for him to have that true not understanding. There must have been a lot around that. And uh, have you written a, a book with him or talked to him about writing a book about his story? 
Well, I've actually started writing a blog as we were going through this journey. And then a mm -hmm. lot of my friends said, this is incredible. You need to think about publishing it. So um, I joined the same group that you are a part of, the writing group that you are a part of, and began to really think in terms of putting this book in, into a book form. I realized, mm -hmm. Donna, that there was very little on adult autistic grief. And so right. I needed to find ways to help Alan, even though there was very little research on that. So a friend said to me, you know, other people, too, are going to grieve differently because of mm -hmm. neurodiversities or disabilities they might have. And this could help mm -hmm. them to realize that there are different yeah. ways to grieve that are perfectly appropriate and will bring you to the place that you need to be. So I'm writing a book right now. It is called Finding Dad, a memoir of loss and love on the autism spectrum. And wow. I expect, hope, <laughs> pray to finish it over the summertime. But I do have interest from a couple of agents in handling the book. And I'm part of um, a couple of critique groups and working with, I hope I can mention her name, Susie Flory, who is a mm -hmm. very good memorist and working with her on developing this book and really hoping that it will be something that might help others who find themselves in a situation in which their grief is atypical and maybe not the expectations of what society would have. Yeah, that sounds incredible. I can only imagine how powerful it will be and help so many people. But in that, do you, now, this is a really personal question. Okay. In the middle of all of that, in helping your son, did you feel like that sometimes that you weren't able to grieve the way that you needed to because you had to take care of your son and other people's grief? Well, you know, Donna, that is an, an, a very lovely question because it's something that I talked about with my daughter. And I said to her, I don't know if this is hindering me or helping me. I don't know if... Mm -hmm going to the river to look at boats because Alan thinks his dad is on one of those boats. I don't know that's helping me or hurting me. And she said to me, Mom, you've always done what you needed to do for Alan, and you will continue to do that, but maybe it is helping you. Hmm. And I have to say, Donna, that it did. Having been married to an ill man for so many years, having lost him along the way, I sort of forgot what he was like when we first married. Mm. I sort of forgot the kind and lovely and gentle person he was before he became the ill patient. And eventually I found that as Al and I went to these places where he thought he could look for his father, parks that we had been to together, the beach where we had built sandcastles, um, the baseball field where he had coached Alan's soccer game. Wow. I began to discover the husband that I had married. And wow. I began to come to appreciate who he had been and be able to mourn him, not as the sick man he had been, right. but as the person that I had married when I was 20 years right. old. And the person we had shared so much together with and... I think that then I was able to truly grieve his passing, but also celebrate the life that he had had, that we had built together. So it was rather amazing to me that God used my autistic son to help me mm -hmm. to reconnect 
with wow. the man that I had married. And isn't that amazing? And that so, is oh my God. <laughs> Uh, that is so amazing. And I'm just, I, it just reminds me that nothing in our life is wasted, Absolutely. you know, and what, what Alan was able to give to you in his own search that God used is just so powerful, so powerful. And so wonderful that you were able to see that and experience it. Um, but, well, there's just a lot in there. We may have to do more than one conversation is what I'm thinking. There are all kinds of questions firing in my brain. Okay. We'll be for a long, long time. So uh, one of the things that I'd like to find out is what was the biggest surprise about yourself that you faced during this time that you, you just came up against yourself and said, wow, I didn't know that was me. I didn't know that was in there. I think, Donna, it was my willingness to go along with Alan on this journey that we yeah. called Magical Journeys. It was my willingness to suspend my own knowledge of death as being final and to mm -hmm. be willing to stand with him at the train station, watching mm -hmm. the train come in that he insisted his father was going to come on, mm -hmm. and for just a moment, suspend wow. my own disbelief just for a moment and I wow. was surprised by willingness to do that not to say oh, get over this Alan this is like we need to move on um, but to continue to do this and to continue to much like we might want our children to continue believe in Santa Claus or the tooth fairy uh, to even help him with what do we do next? What's the next step in this journey? What do we need to do? And um, part of it was wanting to help him get through it. But sure. another part was also wanting to see what was going to happen next. Mm -hmm. um, because it was amazing to see the train pull in at 4.57, exactly when Alan said it was going to pull in. Wow. To find a tall man get off the train and Alan run towards the man and going, dad, dad, dad. And of course it wasn't dad. Wow. Wow. But for a second, I thought maybe it was for a second. Oh my goodness. Oh my and goodness. There were many other instances like that. And I knew it was God giving me another chance to say a proper farewell to Ron. Oh my and goodness. Giving Alan another chance Yes. to say a proper goodbye to his father. Yeah. So, wow. So, but just amazing things that happened. So, which is why it takes an entire book to tell it because <laughs> of course one event, um, I mean, it was eight months of every Saturday saw us doing a different journey and it was amazing. It really was just incredible, Donna, wow. what God did through this. But I was surprised that I was willing to just do what needed to be done. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. That is really incredible. Um, I, I just can't even imagine how that your heart must have just skipped a beat in moments like that. It's really is that. Wow. And such incredible faith that was being exhibited in your son to believe. Uh, it must have been both a blessing and a struggle in, in those moments. So I wonder in all of that because you're you are a mom you were a caregiver so I mean it's mm -hmm. just your natural inclination you're a teacher but how did you find balance in all of this because you you had such a life of 
of taking care of things. How yeah. did you find balance in that? During the years that Ron was so ill, I needed to find that what some people call the happy place inside yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have the opportunity to escape to the beach for a week or to go to Hawaii or someplace. I needed to find something within myself. Um, right. And I realized that what I found within myself was the joy in knowing that I did the right thing. That as difficult as it was to see Ron through all these surgeries and hospitalizations and to stay by his side for all of this time, that I had joy in knowing that I did the right thing. And even as Alan went through his grief process, I knew I was doing the right thing. And there was joy in doing that and joy in just taking it one day at a time and not looking too far ahead, not trying to see what the next turn in the road was going to be, but just trusting that God knew what that was going to be and that he would, Mm -hmm. you know, he would show us the way to go when the time was right. There were, there were many times when I had no idea how we were going to pay the mortgage, um, but it was always provided for us. And sometimes at the 11th hour, but it was always there for us, always provided. So, so really it was just taking things one day at a time, taking a deep breath. Sometimes when things were really bad, taking it one minute at a time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just allowing myself to have chances to breathe just to just just to sit and breathe sitting on the back deck with a cup of tea sometimes for five minutes because nobody needed me for five minutes um you know just taking those little moments when I could and um making the most of them and then carrying them with me when I needed to jump back into the fray again and do what needed to be done I I guess because I was my husband's caregiver for nearly nine years and I would get so frustrated because I would read things about being a caregiver and they would say, oh, you need to make time for yourself and you need to get away and you need to take care of all of this. I was just like, have you ever lived this life? Do you really know what you're talking about? So I really appreciate the fact that you said five minutes when nobody needed you, you could find a place on the porch, but to gain those places and to know that you needed yeah. to be able to, to do those. So um, I, my question for you, and I like to ask my guests is, uh, so let's just imagine that you're sitting in a room maybe sitting across the table from a from a woman who's going through something like this and you're having a cup of tea with her and she's pouring out her heart to you and she's just saying, Linda, I, I just don't know how, how to do this. I just don't know how to do this. What would you give her as a, as a little slice of advice to help her in this moment? I would tell her to move slowly and to trust her own intuition to trust that she knew what was right to do, not to hurry the process, to take it one step at a time, one moment at a time. And even though it sounds ludicrous to say to enjoy the journey, but to find what you could in each day. Um, None of Ron's hospitalizations were pleasant, but there were pleasant moments within those hospitalizations where I perhaps some of my students had made cards for him and mm-hmm. I could come in and spread them over the bed and show them to him. That was a joyful moment within a very not joyful moment. 
so finding those joyful moments inside of what is not joyful and looking for that, looking for the grace that God gives to us yes. and just holding on to that. Um, but mostly just to move slowly. And, you know, I, I know I've heard the advice to take care of yourself. There's no time to take care of yourself. So you mm. have to find little tiny fragments of space for you. And you have to not lose who you are as well. Yes. You can quickly yes. sink into becoming only the caregiver. Mm -hmm. But you need to find who you are, who your identity is as well. And that was something my husband always encouraged me to do was to keep my own identity as a teacher, as a writer, um, and, and not to lose sight of that in taking care of him. So I would mm -hmm. tell her, take it slowly, trust your intuition, find a, a little tiny nugget of joy and help it to grow. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful, beautiful wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for that. And... I bet that there are things that you learned that developed in your relationship with the Lord that maybe you would not have experienced if it hadn't right. been for all of this. Now, you had a long journey, so it's hard to know what would have been right. there. But, but what is something that you learned about the Lord and in your relationship with him that when you think about it, it just you're just surprised by that or in awe of what you learned through this process? I was always surprised that no matter what hospital we were in, what doctor's office we were in, what was the dire situation we was going through, that God was always able to use us to speak to others. Um, mm. I recall being in a hospital where Ron was having a very serious surgery and being in the waiting room with my daughter and as always, she had her knitting. I had my knitting. We were working on our projects together. And a woman sitting across from us came over and started talking to us. And uh, we found out that she had come to the hospital because she had had heart issues and she was there for a checkup and that she had been estranged from her children. And she admired mm -hmm. the fact that my daughter was there with me. And my daughter was always with me through every surgery. And we were able to talk with her and pray with her. And when she left us, Donna, she said, I'm going to go home and call my children. Oh, my and goodness. I, I can probably oh, tell you 35 stories like that in which God used a situation such as that to help us to speak to other people and to show our faith uh, to others, even in the midst of being in the hospital. And I often mm -hmm. wonder, you know, I know that God could reach those people some other way. He could use another tool if it hadn't been me. But what a privilege that sure. he allowed my daughter and I and my husband too to often be the ones that came encounter with hurting people and that we yes. were able to be able to share with them. I had a, a doctor said to me once, your husband been, has been ill so long and you remain with him. Why? And I wow. saw him because I made a vow to Ron and to God that I would stay faithful. And he said to me, you must serve an awfully big God. Wow. And I said, wow. yes, I do. And so it was, it was moments like that, Donna, that I know that while I would have wished Ron's life to have been different, I know it was not without value. 
because these were moments that we were able to reach other people. And very seldom did I know what happened to them after this encounter. I wish I did. Um, But but I do know that we planted seeds with them. And Mm -hmm. I pray that those seeds grew. Oh, I just love that. I just love that. It's so powerful that that the Lord is so able to use what feels like a broken place in us mm-hmm. to bring healing to other people. Absolutely. I, I just love that. Thank you for sharing that story. Sure. That's so, that's so beautiful. Beautiful. Maybe there'll be some more in your upcoming book or uh, maybe your second book when you talk about this kind of thing. Your next book. You know, it's funny. As I'm writing this book, I realize there probably is going to be a second book. There's so much there is. There's, so much of course there is and as your life continues there will be a genesis of new things so i, uh, I love so. that so as we kind of start to wrap things up sure. is there anything that you wish that you had mentioned earlier or as you were uh talking you thought oh i wish i'd said that is there any any last words that you would like to share with us um, i was thinking about this thing you know god leads us down unexpected paths And certainly when Ron and I married, when we were, I was 20, he was 24, when we were kids, um, I didn't expect this to be the life that we had. I didn't expect this to be our journey. And yet this is the path that God led us down. And I don't know why, and I won't know, I guess, until I get to heaven, um, what the real purpose of this was or why this was part of who we were and part of our lives. But even the most unexpected paths, God is still present there. Yes. He doesn't lose us in the mire, uh, even when we might feel lost ourselves. I know many times walking from the parking lot down the long tunnel that led to the hospital proper when Ron was in a very long hospitalization, I, I would often feel so lost. What am sure. I doing? What am I, what's going on? And yet I knew God, God knew where I was. You know, he knew what I was going through. And so it was unexpected to me, these things that happened. Alan's inability to accept his dad's death was unexpected to me. But it didn't catch God by surprise. He knew what it was. And he knew what Alan needed. And I I think he knew that I was the perfect person to be Alan's mother um, to help him. (laughs) With this journey. And so, you know, we, we don't catch God unawares we are caught unawares but no matter where you are at no matter where your listeners and your viewers are at in their journey god knows where they're at they might feel like they're lost and they don't know but god still knows god knows right where you at right what you need right what you're doing and he is there for you all you need to do is turn around and, and there he is. So that was a, an interesting thing to realize, something I, I guess I already knew. But, you know, the long journey that we were on just solidified that for me in so many ways and gave me so much evidence of uh, just God's care and grace to us in the most dire of circumstances, that he is always there for us. Mm. So beautiful and so powerful. So Thank beautiful. You. Is always there for us. Always. And 
Uh, Linda, I, I will have all of the information on pe how people can find you, sure. but I, I know also that there are people like me who are in the middle of their day, maybe they're on the treadmill or they're putting on their <laughs> mascara or driving down the road, listening to a broadcast like this, and they don't have time to go and look up a website and they sure. want to find you right away. What is the best way to find you. Well, I wish I could tell you I have a lovely, thriving website going, but I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I, I did have one, but then I had no time to maintain it. And so this summer, one of my goals is to put a website back up again. I do have a very mm -hmm. active blog, though. It is writing on the broken road at blogspot.com. And okay. so you can catch up with me there. I also write on Substack. I have a newsletter called Quirky. We're all a little different. And that's really about my son. And he's um, sometimes different ways of thinking that he has um, because of, of being on the autism spectrum. And so those are two ways that they can reach me. My books are also available on Amazon. So you can go to Amazon and type in Linda Coburn and you'll come up with some of my previously published books and um, can follow me there Wonderful. on my author page too. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. We we'll make sure all of those, we'll make sure all of those links are there for everyone. And Linda, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story and, about, and pouring your heart out for all of us tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are very welcome, Donna. Thank you for asking me, for communicating with me, for doing what you do, because this is an inspiration I know to many, um, many of us women who have gone through, as you said, some sort of a loss and have had to negotiate it without a roadmap and mm -hmm. to figure it out and I believe I have come out in a good place. I think that you have come out in a good place. And I think that we can be examples to other women that you can do this. You can do this. You, you're a daughter of the King. You can do this. Oh, wonderful last words. Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope that something that you heard helped you to be encouraged and inspired. And in fact, if it has, would you do me a favor? Would you please just share this with a friend of yours and join me over on social media on Facebook and Instagram? Well, you know, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. But be sure and go to the website DonnaWollum.com and grab the free resources that we have for you. Thanks again and have a wonderful living at my best day.